Hi, I'm Chief Bob Vasquez. And I'm Dr. Jose Lugo Santiago. Welcome to Leaders and Futures. Let us have a new kind of conversation, one about leading as futures emerge, are yet to happen, or plainly need to be reimagined. Someone has said that the best way to predict the future is to create it. Although it's impossible to predict the future, one thing is certain, you must lead in it. It's time to think differently about leading. This podcast is powered by the Institute for Leadership and Strategic Foresight. Let's get started with today's discussion on leaders and futures. Well, it's been a week, Lugo. I hope you're doing well. I hope you worked out at least another time this week. Last week, you were giving me kudos because I made you work out, or I I inspired you to motivate yourself to work out. Uh, I have to. Yeah, well, I have to, you well, know. You I, no, no, you don't have to. You can be a what, uh, what is the couch potato. You, you can be a couch potato and just not a choice for me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, yeah, and, and and I do that because uh, this and the best thing to do, right? Uh, you got to do these things in the morning. And sometimes what I do is you know, so many things happen. And say, you know what? I'm going to do it for the rest of the day. And that's what I liked last week. In our last episode, we talked about. Yeah, I got this message from you saying, hey, I'm in the threat mill. And then I said to myself, you know, what's your excuse, trainee? You know, and then I said, <laughs> yeah. OK, let me go. Let me go back. And and so, so maintaining that rhythm in the morning makes a difference. And it makes a big difference for me because uh, there's so much that I do throughout the the uh, day, throughout the week. I need to have my energy. Right. Yeah. And, and all of us have moments where, you know, we feel great and sometimes we don't feel very good. And in that time in the morning gives me the opportunity to just stand up and get this rush of energy that keeps me going throughout throughout the uh throughout the day. So this is my my uh my sort of uh part of my resilience yes. uh, resilience uh practice. Yes. You know, my resilience uh schedule. Yeah. Well and uh, good that you mentioned that word because that's what we want to talk about is resilience. Oh wait a minute, because, I did uh, not know that. I yeah, know. Well, now you do. Gonna... Man, what a great transition. <laughs> I mean, I'm actually getting really good at this. <laughs> you are. Uh, well, I may keep you on for a while. But uh <laughs> thanks. Yeah. Well but but with res- res- there's you know, there's all kinds of programs and all kinds of books and all you know, podcasts and everything about resilience, Lugo. But by definition, resilience is uh, reactive. How do you get back from whatever happened, you know? And uh, we're in a world where a lot of things happen all the time. Uh, but uh, but nonetheless, how do you get back to that? That's resilience. What I've been thinking about in the last few years is what I call preemptive resilience. Instead of having to get to the point where you got to be negative, you know, you got to uh, try to get back to where you were doing the things that you should do to begin with, which one of them, the first one is physical fitness. You know, uh, I've been retired from uh, work, uh, from the job, not not my work because I'm still doing my work, but from the job for a couple of years. And uh, and I hit 70 at the same time. And there's a point in our our lives, I think, uh, Lugo, that we realize that I have to take care of this vessel. I, I really do. You know, when you're young. Uh, especially when you're real young, you, you, yeah, I can do this. I can run a mile and a half. I mean, when we were back, you know, 18, 19 years no, old. No stretching, just run. Just run, just go. Yeah. You know, where's the end? Okay, I can get there. Now uh, you got to stretch. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> and stretch afterwards and get the, you know, all this stuff. But um, but but nonetheless, it's an interesting thing that, that we, and we can because we're physically more fit. But as you get older, that's harder. 
but you that's when you really need to maintain it which i learned luckily you know a couple of decades ago that you got to take care of this you know and typically we talk about the uh, the the physical part the physical fitness is working out exercise and diet there's rest uh, which is different than sleep you know and uh, mm-hmm. all of those things you know we, we really do need that stuff i mean there's uh, experts that will tell you that but we always take it for granted and we put it set it aside yeah i'll get there later well you won't you know we, we talked about it offline uh, before that if you don't if you don't schedule it like i do I'm working out. My workout starts at uh, 0500. I've already been up two hours, but uh, at five o'clock it starts. And uh, now it's pretty much habitual because I've been doing it for so many years. Well, just a couple of years, actually. But uh, but nonetheless, if you don't do it when you're supposed to do it, you won't do it. Schedule it in. When are you going to do it? And to me, some people are good. I, I love the people that can do it at lunch. You know, you, you go to the gym and they're out there at lunch doing their workout. I can't do it. Uh, uh, something will happen that'll keep me from doing it. So uh, I do it first thing in the morning, but, you know, I, I think that's preemptive, you know, because one of the, the what I think they call pillars of resiliency. One of the, the pillars ha- it has to do with physical fitness, you know, uh, uh, but get to, let me tell you how uh, a quick story. I may have told you this before. Forgive me if I have, but uh, basketball is my game. And I was at the air force Academy for almost 20 years. And uh, I loved going to the basketball games. because I had the, the best seats in the world. And, uh, in, in Clune Arena, the best seats in Clune Arena. And um, we had uh, security all around us because, you know, you got, they got to protect the, the ruggedly handsome chief. You, you you probably don't understand that, but you got to do that. Uh, so <laughs> okay. it'd be, it would happen if I went to a Spurs game. But anyway, uh, my one of my guards, my security guys, uh, who became a friend of mine, Dave, uh, we, Deb and I didn't see him for a couple of games, probably three or four. And we asked the substitute, where's Dave? What's wrong? And um, unfortunately, they said uh, he had a heart attack. Oh, crap. Well, I hope he's okay. Oh, he's doing okay, and he'll be back soon. So Dave, you know, a couple more games, uh, he comes back. I talk to him. How you doing, man? You know, give him the, the man hug and uh, tell him we're praying for him and all that. And he, uh, and he says, yeah, I had a heart attack. Uh, oh, well, sorry. I hope you recover fully. And he said, yeah. Oh yeah. Now, now I'm working out and now I'm, I've got a, got a good diet and now I get all my, I said, wait a minute, Dave. Now, what took you so long? Maybe if you had done this before, you wouldn't have had a heart attack. And he says, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, you can recognize it, but it does. I think you, you, you're the one that told me if you, to know, but not to do is not to know. All yeah. Right. You know, you should do this, do it. Take care of your body. That I think, and that's preemptive resilience to begin with. You know you should work out, work out. You know you shouldn't eat all that fat, don't eat all that fat. You know, because it's not going to go away. You know, you can read all the books you want to, but you got to do the work. You got to do the work. I think that let's uh, talk about uh, uh, resilience, right? And we, 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 you hear the word before, uh, before you did not hear very much about this word. I guess because people used to somehow they need to under they they understood that you fall down you get up and you just keep on going right and and but nowadays i guess we have lost a little bit of that great some people say i i would say that that uh we know that those people that tend to deal better with uh, the difficult situations and they can bounce from that they tend to be more successful and more inspirational 
but uh, resilience is just more than bouncing back, you know, from difficulties. It's just it's about growing. It's about learning, emerging stronger from the experiences that you have. And, and it's your ability to adapt. That's how we define resilience. And we're and we're talking uh, this now because uh, you know at the institute we're going to we partner with the uh, resilience building leadership uh, program, and we're going to be starting to teach a little bit about uh, resilience in some of our programs. We're going to have the resilience building leadership program uh, trainer and coach. Uh, program. So, so uh, as we bring all of these things and bring the conversation in regards to resilience as a as a form of uh, building uh, healthy leaders and healthy team teams, uh, I think it's important to understand that uh, resilience helps us uh, with our emotional intelligence. It, it helps us adapt. It helps us uh, problem uh, solve problems because. We are more able to uh, deal with difficult situations in such way that we can have clarity in the middle of a difficult situation. Now, you were talking about a a topic that I don't to tell you the truth. This concept of preemptive, uh, a preemptive resilience. I have not heard anyone talking about this, and I'm maybe incorrect, but I you know when you brought it up. I thought it was very important because it, it's almost, it tells you that, uh, so resilience, you're building, uh, you're, you're in a difficult situation, you are bouncing back from that, but you're bouncing back because you did something be before the situation that prepared you and gave you the muscle that you needed so you could now bounce back. And so uh, I, I believe this uh, uh this topic about preemptive is important. So what are kind of the things that we can do that you, you mentioned uh, preemptive resilience? What are the kind of things, in, in your opinion, when you think about uh, resilience are key? Uh, the preparation, the preemptive. What is What are the preemptive actions that leaders should be involved in and so they can build healthy leaders and healthy teams? Well, and let me go back to something that we said last time, Lugo, uh, because we were talking about recognition, and we talked. We were talking about recognizing individuals. You know, uh, I don't know. And I I'll be uh, interested in getting having more conversations about this in this program that you're developing with the institute. Is that going to become? I say we have the RBLP. Uh, he's he's uh, RBLP. We're, we're That's yeah, already yeah, there. Yes. So okay. is the. So we are an authorized training provider for the RBLP, oh, okay. the okay. Resilience Building Leadership Program. Okay, and so so that's what we're going to be teaching. Okay. You know, their does, does, that, does that focus on the individuals or is that organizational or both? So the the difference between this and some other programs that you have seen, like for example, the Army has a very good program in resilience. They 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 focus on the leader. The RBRP or the Resilience Building Leadership uh, Program. Uh, focus on developing resilience teams. And so you're learning about how to be resilient as a leader, but also how do you infuse that resiliency in your team? And as you can imagine, as we are a collection of teams, basically every organization is a team of teams, and I always say that, uh, they, what happens is when you develop this type of 
uh, ability in your team, you are sustaining the organization for a very long time. So you are allowing the organization to to uh, recoup the energy when they get hit by disruption. Uh, you're able to innovate in different ways because you can deal with problem solving in the middle of you know uh, difficult situations, which is different. A lot of times we we focus on the individual and that's okay. And there's uh, plenty of coaching for that. But the truth is when people go into organizations and when enterprises get together, it is the sum of the strength of the team members that makes the difference. And so that they, and, and they come together as a team. And so it's important that we, we talk, we talk about how do we build instill this characteristic in teams? Yeah. Which in turn, because and I think you know you you have a, a probably a, a more elaborate definition of culture than I do, but in turn I think culture is just what people do and think, period, uh, and it, it, it's based on behavior. That's the measure of it. But the culture itself. Uh, so what you're trying to do or hoping to do, I think, in this program, or I'm I'm asking you, are you trying to help teams develop a culture of resilience? where it's not something that all of a sudden we have to fix. It's something that we just do so that we maintain our our resilience or if we're hit by something that requires us to, to bounce back, that we know how to do it, we can do it, and it's a lot easier than starting from scratch. Is that is that what the, the program is kind of geared toward? Well, it's to build resilient teams, right? In my view, in my view, resilience is always it's always a byproduct. It's always a byproduct of having, being able to build capacity in the organization to, to communicate, uh, to uh, self-care, to adapt, to remain optimism, uh, optimistic when there are you know difficult situations, being able to foresight when you know all, all these things don't look right. That is what I mean. Uh, it's a byproduct. So what we would like to do is being able to have teams that can self-care, you know, learn uh, from ups and downs, experience things that in the future that they can bring to the present and then create paths so they can uh achieve the future that they want to have. And one of those ways is once you have had a vision of the future and you understand your journey, you, when you are right here in the present, you begin to build the skills or get the skills that you need in the organization because you know that particular skills are going to be needed at particular times and that makes the organization more resilient. Mm -hmm. And so all of these topics are part of you know what they will uh, be learning. Yeah. Uh, but and the, the mm -hmm. preemptive part, because you asked me about that, Lugo, but it's my perspective. The preemptive part is not just knowing that, but doing that, doing it to the point that it becomes part of our culture. It's like, you know, in the, I've been doing this for 50 years, 60 years. Uh, I'm up at uh, three o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. I've been doing that for so long. I just, my body knows that it's three o'clock. It's like I have a puppy and uh, she knows what time I'm supposed to get her out of bed. 
you know, she's ready uh, before I am. And she doesn't have a clock, you know, but I, I wonder if she has an Apple clock inside her <laughs> because <laughs> she knows it's 730. Hey, hey, master, come get me because mm-hmm. it's 730 and I got to go pee. Uh, so, I, you know, I'm up at three o'clock. Bing. Uh, what's your turn? Bam. Bam. I'm awake. So, right. Uh, you know, I, but I've been doing it so long. So so again, the, the preemptive part is that you know it and you do it to the point that it's habitual. Well, you know, and you do what? Whatever it is. Now, here's, and this is what I, where I think we, because, and you know, I'm a cult, uh, a character uh, educator. We, we miss us. We, we don't think about these things enough to help us to be preemptive, preemptively resilient, if I want to be uh, grammatically correct. What's important? You and I talk about this all the time. What are our values? You, you know, that's a huge thing in not only the organization, but as an, an individual, which permeates both the individual, you know, because an organization is made up of individuals, period. You know, and I, by definition, you cannot be an organization by yourself. That means two or three people so or more. But uh, anyway, our values are, are critical. We don't think about what's important to us. Uh, our, our purpose, why do you do this? Most of us just do it. Well, is it for the money? Uh, I don't know. I don't even know why I do this. Okay, well, that's where most of us are. But again, culturally, organizationally, if we have that purpose, okay, the vision, if you can see it, you can be it, but you got to do the work. You can't, it's not just going to appear. It's not going to do that. And the last part is the influence. What influences you? Like we've talked about, you know, we, uh, I, when I was working, I would work out the first thing in the morning because I knew the day was going to go crazy. It wouldn't take long before somebody started the, hey, chief, and now it's over because I can't get to where, you know, to work out or do or read or study or meditate, all of that stuff. So uh, I think to me, Lugo, the preemptive part is thinking and considering those things and how they affect the, the other four things, the four pillars. Again, that's, that's uh, what are your values? What's your purpose? What's your vision organizationally as well as personally? And what are the influencers? Do you influence people all the time? Are you influenced? That's a choice. You can choose to be influenced or not. You can turn the TV off. You know, people don't realize there's a there's a, an off switch on the television. Turn it off. But um, but anyway, I think if you think about those things, those can affect the other four pillars: the physical, the emotional, the social, and the uh, what's the other mental. Uh, I mm-hmm. think they will affect each other because you know n- n- there's very few things that are are uh, uh, like, like stovepiped. It all affects the, the organization. It all affects the individual. Uh, the individuals affect the organization. The organization affects the individual. It's, it's all uh, one thing. So uh, you can't, I don't, you can separate them to, I think, to uh, improve in those areas, but you can't separate them to not have an effect. Won't happen. When I, yeah. When I think about preemptive, me, uh, preemptive resilience, I think about the old saying, you, you know, you 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 train like you fight. Yeah. Right. Yes. And yeah. and the reason for that is because uh, so what we are doing is we we understand and we have an, a notion of what the challenges we're going to have in the future. So we tr- we take the kind of actions that we know are going to be important in the future, and we create a script of what are the kind of things that we're going to have to go through, how we're going to manage those things. What kind of skills? Just like we just mentioned, I train myself in those particular skills, train my team, and then, then together we run through the script and several times, and we learn and we 
iterate the lessons learned so we can get better every single time. And so now I develop a habit of just when I was doing martial arts and I used to tell my students, uh, we, uh, I was very keen on ensuring that we had precision. And sometimes we would be practicing several kinds of, you know, movements very slow. So I could have a view as to how they were doing. And then we would increase the speed until whatever movement and whatever technique we were learning would be part mechanically, uh, physically, and emotionally part of, you know, the individual. So when the attacker would come, uh, the, the student would know exactly what to do, how to maneuver the force around the, uh, uh, around the, the, the attack and also use the force of the attacker to move the attacker in particular ways to terminate the fight. And so when I'm thinking about uh, preemptive uh, resilience, I think about the kind of actions that I will have to do now in, via, in view of what the future is going to most likely be. You know, it could be several of them, but I'll prepare for the worst scenario. And then, and then I train. So that way, when I'm there in the middle of the fight, I can bounce back if I have to bounce back, learn and reassemble, reassemble the team and move forward. And I think those are very important lessons yeah. when we're thinking about leading ourselves and leading others. Yeah. To know, but not to do is not to know. So do it, do it right. Do it now and make it last. Many times rinse and repeat as other people say. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, a lot to think about this week, Lugo, you have a great week and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All right, Chief. Take care. Thank you for listening. We hope today's topic connected with you and helped you reflect on the work leaders do to get out of a narrow focus on one future and into a broader range of possible alternatives. If you'd like to connect with us, find us at leadersandfutures.com. And if you would like to learn more about leadership and future studies, we have several programs to help you at the Institute for Leadership and strategic foresight. Until next time, be great. <laughs>